Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Screen Talk. I'm Ann Thompson. And I'm Ryan Latanzio. And we're in the thick of the award season. As usual, you went to the New York Film Critics Circle Awards last night. How did that go? I did. I went to the New York Film Critics. I'm not in the circle, but I am adjacent to it, I suppose you could say. And, you know, we're we're at the point already. I mean, it's sorry to say this because it's only January 4th right now, but we are at a point where things start to get predictable. I mean, a lot of the winners are, you know, sort of the preordained ones that we've come to understand, you know, Lily Gladstone winning Best Actress and so forth. Um, But this awards is kind of fun because of the speeches and the presenters, you know, infamously a few years ago, Lady Gaga went on for like 15 minutes. There was nothing of that sort this year, but Paul Dano gave a really nice introduction to Justine um, Trier, who won for Anatomy of a Fall International. Benny Safdie gave a really nice intro for Scorsese and and Killers, which won Best Picture. In fact, he said it was his best and bravest movie. Okay. I don't know if I agree with that. And, And Sammy Birch, the writer of May, December, gave a really wonderfully macabre speech that just shows what a dark sense of humor she has. I mean, we know that from the movie she's written, of course. And also today is Charles Melton's birthday. And so he won Best Supporting Actor and he got a nice seg into his, I think he's 33 or something. A baby. A baby. We're coming off of a, a the Christmas box office, right? And some of what happened over that period of time is that both The Color Purple and Wonka did really well. They, they they scored with with audiences with families, which is sort of you know following on this kind of uh, weird year that we had you know where where it feels like the holdovers something like that that touches people's hearts or 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 you know benignly entertaining movies like Color Purple which touches people's hearts and Wonka are are actually more uh, appealing to people than the old. Um, you know, verities of of Marvel, you know, comic books, which which finally these superhero movies you know went into decline uh, this year. They just lost luster. Um, although Guardians of the Galaxy did very well, that one is is a very happy return for for Disney. And even Quantum Mania was still on the top ten box of the year, even though that was excoriated by. Critics and it was way lower than it was expected to be. I mean, it used to be billion dollar uh, generators, you know. And so, and so we're you know looking looking back at at last year's uh, box office. It you know it it's it's an it's a fascinating uh, picture of uh, some a, a kind of the world turned upside down with Barbie and a female filmmaker. Um, you know, dominating everything. Oppenheimer, this brainy, historic epic, you know, doing way better than anyone would have expected. Spider-Man, that could have been predicted, but it did even better than the original and is 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 an amazing uh, hit, not because it's a superhero movie, but because it's an innovative and original and 
even even though it's a sequel, uh, it 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 gives you a lot of new material to respond to. Um, what are some of the things you picked up on on off off of last year's? You know? Yeah, well, I mean, so the total was at nine billion or something. It actually got there, which is got there. Two, mil, two billion less than before the pandemic when it was eleven. Yeah, and it's still not as high as it was in 2019. But you know, from 2012 until just about the pandemic, it always kind of hovered around 11 million or, or I'm sorry, 11 billion or something close to that. And even if we had Dune Part Two come out, that wouldn't have necessarily pushed it that high over, you know, what what it turned out to be. Well, what happened was because a movie like that wasn't there, the movies that were there had more running room. Right. They actually filled the gap. And you know. Uh, Obviously, we see from this list of top 10 that it's still dominated by IP, but with often fresher perspectives on that. And also a big chunk of the box office was a holdover from the previous year with Avatar. That's true. The Way of Water, which was at number seven. That's how big it was. Yeah. Right. There, there were a couple. Yeah, the, the Christmas. John Wick is in there, which is cool, right? Yeah. Yes, At exactly. nine. The Christmas box office gave an interesting overview of some of these kind of trends. You know, obviously, yeah, you mentioned Color Purple, one of the highest Christmas Day openings ever. Um, but then there were um, some movies that I feel like maybe didn't do as well as, or, or you know, The Boys in the Boat did decently. That's not an awards movie, but that maybe is, more than people thought. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you know, well, I'm um, not sure Color Purple and Wonka are awards movies. Wonka definitely, Wonka definitely not a movie that I feel like kind of sputtered a bit over Christmas, if you will, is Ferrari, which I feel like is a movie in serious trouble, I would say, beyond maybe some crafts. I don't know, despite it has a really good Penelope Cruz performance in there, but that opened over Christmas, didn't do super well, and that opened on a lot of screens. What's your what's your take on that one? Ferrari's a disappointment at the box office. Um, it, it is it is a uh, an old fashioned movie that I find I actually liked and enjoyed, but it is not, you know, I didn't put it on my top 10 or make a big fuss about uh, it being one of the great movies of the year, and neither did anyone else. So it's simply not generating enough. You know, what happens is that people, you go in there and there it's about a marriage and people fighting and all these um, races are not enough to generate the kind of interest that people need to feel for it to be some kind of must see at the box office. You know what did well, I think for what it is, um, was The Iron Claw, which um, got a high cinema score as well. And people really love that movie. And we've already just probably it's not it's not headed for Oscars, but it's the, that's a movie that people really are responding to. And I recognize that the Twitter, I'm sorry, the X now bubble that I'm in isn't necessarily the best reader of the overall temperature of things but there's a lot of well this is another family drama this is a movie with emotion it's funny this because is, it's like so dark and depressing for a very family. dark and depressing but and wow. yet people respond to it emotionally and and i think that's the lesson that i take away uh from last year from the christmas box office and you know, the holdovers doing so well is just an example. I'm beginning to wonder if Paul Giamatti doesn't have a chance at best. I actor. feel like he is a major threat in that category. Yeah, he could and knock he could knock Coleman Domingo out. He he could, you know, he could really make a mark. I I I actually um wasn't sure that that would happen, but it's so obvious now that that movie is just um, taking a place in people's hearts. People really welcome it and and embrace it. 
Well, now it's primed to probably get the best original screenplay Oscar now that that slot Barbie <laughs> has been vacated, which we learned yesterday. That was a shocker. That was a shocker because I bought into the argument that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach made quite fervently. They feel very strongly that Barbie is an empty vessel, you know, that Barbie is something you project onto and that they created a character that didn't exist. Um, so the Writers Guild uh, agreed with that, but the, the Academy did not. So now it's going to be um, up against Oppenheimer and Poor Things. It's not as good for Barbie to be up against those films. No. Yeah. And the interesting thing, you know, it's it's the, the Writers also. Committee that made this decision. And that's um, Dana Stevens. Howard Rodman and Eric Roth. Obviously, we know Eric Roth is a contender in that category as well for Killers of the Flower Moon. So he recused himself from the conversation around that movie. It's weird. Yeah, you know, I was looking at the list of best original screenplay Oscar winners of the last 10, 15 years. I mean, there's a number of these that's like on these grounds, I would say like Green Book is kind of an adapted. I mean, it's like, that's a true story. Spotlight, Django Unchained is based on a spaghetti western. It all has to do with prior IP. And 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 so the, the, the Lego movie was another one, which was debated and went two different ways, apparently. Where did so that go ultimately? Christopher Miller confirms that the Lego movie was moved to adapted despite being campaigned for in original. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's only fair when we're talking about Barbie and IP. But it's the same, it's the same thing. I think that must oh. have been their precedent, honestly, yeah. uh, to make this decision. I mean, it's not like <laughs> Lego Batman <laughs> existed already. Well, Batman right. exists. Right. They were in actually in Lego movie, they're using more pre-existing characters than Barbie. Yeah, I feel like now it has less of a chance. It does. It's not yeah. good for that was the one I was really rooting for um, for Barbie to actually win. So the other thing we're going to talk about is what's coming up in 2024. And I, I have to say, we ran a story with like 50 movies on it, a list, and I was going through it. And there are a lot of movies that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, we could talk for hours about this. A lot of filmmakers coming back, a lot of stuff that got pushed back, like Challengers and Dune 2 um, that are coming out next year, and, and uh, Bike Riders, finally, coming out next year. We'll start with Challengers. All right, Luca Guadagnino, who we love. And it's a tennis world uh, triangle, romantic triangle. And it's uh, Josh O'Connor and uh, Zendaya and Mike, Mike Faced. You know who you might remember from from West Side Story. It looks like they go back and forth. One of them gets married, then, then the other comes in again. What it it looks kinky to me. It looks sexy to me. It's supposed to be. I mean, Luca has talked about. I'm sorry, Luca. I don't know him personally. Luca Guadagnino <laughs> has talked about how he sort of shot the tennis scenes. I don't know anything about tennis as kind of sex scenes in a way, and. You know, Josh O'Connor is a very, well, both of them are very beautiful men. And there is something homoerotic about the marketing. And, and if these two don't kiss, like, I'm going to be pissed. Um, it's interesting because Luca Guadagnino is such a kind of overachiever and overpromiser. And like, he has this like surfeit of projects that's constantly cascading around him. And then they fall away. But this year, he's got two movies 
ready to go, which is Challengers, which we know got pushed. It was supposed to be the Venice opener. And then this movie, Queer, later in the year with Daniel Craig, that's a William S. Burroughs adaptation that is a more explicitly gay sounding project as a Burroughs novel would be. And, and given the title. Yeah. Um, now that's obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the, uh, the other big, big movie is Dune part two, of course, also Zendaya. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, Timothy Chalamet, the point to be made about Wonka, by the way, Timothy Chalamet opened that movie. He carries he capable that of opening it a is, movie. Yes. It is arguable that this is the evidence that Timothy Chalamet is actually a movie star because Dune was Dune. It, it didn't it, it may not have been it, Timothy Chalamet carried it and he did well with it. But it was beyond it was a big, big, big name movie. So this is this is evidence. You know, Wonka didn't have to work. He made it work, and so we can now we can now call uh, Timothy Chalamet a movie star, um, and on the basis that he opens a movie and puts butts in seats, which many people don't, by the way. Um, so anyway, Dune Two, I hear it's even better than the first one. I'm buying this. I'm I'm if I could say I'm anticipating anything, this and Furiosa are the two biggest anticipated movies for me. And Dune is March 1st. Furiosa, we should expect at Cannes, as we saw with yeah, everybody thinks Fury Road. Yeah. Um, one that I am trepidatiously very curious about is the Alex Garland film Civil War with um, Kirsten Dunst. That's on my um, list. This was a $50 million production for A24, which means it's its highest like in-house price tag for a movie they've ever done. The trailer, it looks a bit on the, I mean, it's like, it looks a little bit on the nose. Well, first of all, it's sort of hard to believe that Texas and California would come together amid some sort of secession crisis. Okay, I don't know about that. It does look a bit on the nose. Near future. Yeah, it's, it's the near future and the country is collapsing. I mean, it's like everything that's happening around us, but just exaggerated in a sort of dystopian, not so dystopian sort of form. But, you know, He's a director that we're always, even when he doesn't hit the mark, we always keep an eye on him. You know, his stuff's always intriguing. No, we love him. We, we, we I mean, his last movie didn't work. Man um, was terrible. No, <laughs> Jesse Buckley. Um, I, I have questions about it. I mean, I'm a big fan of hers, but I, I happen to see the, the Romeo and Juliet National Theater live um thing that they put together with Josh O'Connor during the um, the pandemic. And it didn't quite work uh, because of her. And this, I don't think men worked either. Um, so I, I'm wondering if she is a star who can carry uh, a movie by, her, by herself. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the other one that I'm looking forward to is Kinds of Kindness, which is the new um, Yorgos Lanthimos movie with a lot of the people who are in Poor Things returning. Um, and it, it sounds like it has like three different story strands going through. Um, and I'm curious. And it sounds like it's a it goes back to what uh, he's done in the past, more of a small scale movie than than poor things. Yes. And you were the first to report on what <laughs> the that title was. It was supposed to be. And I don't know what the hell kind of title that is. So it's for the best that they changed it. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one, too. Another one for me that I'm curious about is, um, I don't know if this was on your radar, The Brutalist, the Brady Corbett film. Um, you know, he's a director of Vox Lux and the Childhood of a Leader. Um, again, he's another one that even when it doesn't totally coalesce 
there's visionary images behind it and it stars um, Adrian Brody and Guy Pierce, and it's sort of a drama about an architect of some kind. And normally his movies show up at Venice, so I would expect that one to be there as well. So the other one that got pushed back that that um, was supposed to come out last year is uh, Drive Away Dolls, which is Ethan Cohen's comedy. Pedro Pascal is in it and Margaret Qualley. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. It's written. It's so interesting when when uh, Joel Cohen went separate ways from Ethan with uh, Macbeth. He co-wrote that with his wife, um, and and she starred in it. Uh, obviously, uh, Frances McDormand, and in this case, Trisha Cook is the co-writer with with Ethan. So each of these brothers has decided to collaborate with their wives on on their solo. Features. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um, what's your next one? You know, another weird one that's been floating around for a couple years that I don't know, maybe it won't land this year, is this new film from the director of Animal Kingdom, David Michaud. Uh, and he hasn't really done a good movie since then, if you ask me. And that was like... Oh, oh he did that Timothy Chalamet. Terrible, where... The King, terrible. Yeah. Um, no, he's not, I don't know what's going on there, but this movie wizards, it's also an A24 movie and it's, um, New York film critics last night's winner, Franz Rogowski and Pete Davidson in a kind of stoner comedy that apparently has all these like scatological elements that are alienating test audiences, which is what I'm hearing anyway. But this I was one expecting you to pick the, uh, the new, um, French director Leos Carax movie. Oh yeah, that was on there too. But there was another French one that I was going to pick that we probably are aligned on, which would be Emmanuel, Emmanuel the new yes, yes. film with Noemi Merlant as a woman who's sort of having an erotic journey of the self. And Naomi Watts is in this, and I'm very excited for Naomi Watts to have a bit of a renaissance this year. She needs a comeback. She she's does, a and she's in actress. that. She's in the Capote versus the Swans, the the Gus Van Sant um, feud season that's coming out this this year as well. And then there's Gladiator too, right? So Ridley Scott is moving forward, you know, with with yet another big budget extravaganza, and this one stars Paul Mescal as Lucius, the nephew of the Joaquin Phoenix character from the last movie. And uh, I just spoke to Ridley and he told me that, that this was true. And, and, and he, you know, there, he did survive the end of the last movie and they were tracking him and bringing him back into the, into the story. And, and apparently the reason why um, Paul Metzgel is, is someone who could handle a rigorous physical role that hasn't been his defining characteristic so far I mean, he looks good, but it's not like he's been doing super athletic parts. Is that he was a an Irish rugby player, and that is, and Ridley Scott is say that's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all very excited to see the Paul Mescal, and hey, we both said it right this time. We're pronouncing his name correctly yeah. from now on. No, we're very excited about his um, transformation, physical and otherwise. I mean, the other story, by the way, when we talked about. Paul Giamatti getting into the best actor race. The issue there is that Andrew Scott, who I thought was just a shoe in for all of us strangers, there doesn't seem to be as big a groundswell around all of us strangers as I was expecting that, that would push him into the best actor race. It's, it's an interesting question. 
Well, uh, also, uh, where is it? I mean, where is it playing other than select theaters still? I mean, a lot of people want to see that one. And the same with Zone of Interest. It's not available. Very limited. Yeah. 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 No, the, the release is all wrong on that one. Um, and and this... I feel that too. So what we have coming up is a um, shit show now. It's, it's a lot of stuff coming up. The Golden Globes are interesting because there's no longer this round delay. It used to be really fun. And now it's over. You know, one thing that's interesting I, we've learned today that apparently Taylor Swift will be attending the Golden Globes unverified but this is out in the taylor universe now does that mean she's winning the first ever cinematic box office achievement award i don't know if she would go if she weren't winning it even though that's one that i feel like belongs to greta whatever the hell that prize is it's one that feels it like it go belongs to, to go to greta gerwig exactly yeah it's got to go to barbie all right but speaking of which um they they determined that despite the fact that this was the year that Greta Gerwig uh, di di directed the biggest ever movie directed by a woman and the number one movie of the year, uh, that um, hiring of women behind the camera, hiring um, of people of color, all of it, terrible, terrible yeah, stuff. Just as bad as ever. And the promises were performative. You know, that's what these studies are sort of telling us. It's just terrible. But below, uh, at any level of the line, it was not good. No. Okay. So going forward on the awards week. So first we have the governor's awards on the ninth and, and then on the 12th, we have the AFI awards. And then on that weekend, we have uh, the critics choice awards. Um, so it's, it's, it's never, it's never ending. Um, and then we go into Sundance. <laughs> then we go <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> and the voting, the voting is going on between uh, January 11th and January 16th with the nominations on the 23rd. So the nominations often come during Sundance, um, which is one of the reasons why I'm not going to go. I'm, I'm staying home and watching it on my sofa doing the digital version. Yes, and you but she'll and you'll be doing. I think that that happens starting the twenty fourth, um, which is the day I'm coming back. So I'll be there for a week, and I will um, keep you apprised of everything that I see and do. So you may or you may we will we will do a we will we will keep going on on screen talk. But um, anyway, so it's just a very crowded, you know, very. I mean, then we have SAG and DGA nominations coming. This is when you find out what's really going on is when is when you get these nominations when the guild nominations come in can't wait <laughs> all right well i'll see you in a week um and we will continue sounds good Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.